2: new shows every day find us at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 182B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Let's get right into it. My guest today is a stick handling specialist with a passion for the game and the work ethic it takes to maximize your potential as an athlete. As an all-star puck player growing up in and around Toronto, he idolized skilled NHL players like Pavel Datsuk and Alexei Kovalev. He owned as he honed his craft of stick handling the game's rules and culture evolved into his wheelhouse and as he started to gain international attention as a skills expert many of his videos started to go viral his method of coaching is to always have fun first and this positive training environment combined with a uniquely incredible hockey toolbox of knowledge resulted in over a million followers and counting on social media he is a super stick handler, a dirty dangler, a sharp shooter, a toe dragon, Torontonian, a moves magician. As danglers go, this guy's the show. His eggs contain yolk, and the Michigan's a joke. Joe Dolo has grills, and this guy has skills. Penney's a noodle, and he can really dipsy doodle. He's the stick handling king. The puck's on a string, folks. St. John's is known for its beautiful harbor. Please welcome to the show. It's my man Pavel Berber. How you doing, Pavel?
2: Oh my
0: God, that's the best intro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, I tell you this, you're an interesting guy. It wasn't hard. How you doing?
2: I'm great, brother. How are you doing?
0: I'm all right. So this is fantastic to have you on. I never really thought it would happen. We didn't, I didn't really reach out. I, I thought you were something of a myth. My daughter plays soccer. She's never played hockey a lick in her life, but she knows who you are. Her and all of her friends watch. You're something of a sensation at the hockey schools I teach at. And, of course, I can't teach your skills. I, I want to get to so many questions, but I want to go right back to the origin story. Pavel, tell us, you grew up, I'm guessing, in Toronto. I know you played a bit of minor hockey there. Were you into other sports? And how prominent, I guess, of the sports that you played? I bet you you played a lot. I have no idea. But just judging by your athleticism. And when did hockey and, and, and start to take over? And when who were your idols growing up? And I bet you they were stick handlers.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, my whole personality was sports growing up. I was a big baseball player, played a ton of tennis, uh, picked up field hockey later, ball hockey, roller hockey, pretty much any version of hockey I could get my hands on. Uh, I was, I was loving. And then I lived five minutes from an outdoor rink. So you'd find me there before school, after school, as a kid, just messing around. And I idolized Paul Korea first. He was my first ever favorite player, him and Timu Solani, uh, the dynamic duo there on the Ducks. And then as I got older, I became just obsessed with Pavel Datsuk. Uh, You know, the things he was doing, he was such a complete player, but he was so deceptive and, and just fun to watch. He played the game with a little bit of a different style uh, than everyone else. So I became obsessed with him and I track him shift by shift and make these highlight packs. And that's kind of how I got everything started.
0: Wow, that's interesting. And it's funny you brought up Korea because, I mean, that well, I guess... Korea is what, I, I think three or four years older than me, but it was my era, right? So I, I looked up to him as well. And I went out to play junior in BC and he he was playing in Penticton. I was in Quenelle. So I looked up to that guy, but I got a chance to meet him. I don't think he'd remember me, but I think, you know, I remember being on the ice and watching him practice. It, it must've been at the World Cup of Hockey in 96 in Montreal. We were using, their they were using our dressing room and I, I'm, I'm trying to place it. If not, maybe the Okanagan Hockey School, but I, I remember... I remember him showing me it's funny because in our day, of course, with the wood sticks, there wasn't as many well, the Michigan really wasn't a thing. I mean, the odd friend could try it, but you know it just wasn't a thing. toe drags, Mario Lemieux, but it really there wasn't as much skills on display when it came on display when it came to, to stick handling, but Korea, I remember him sitting there and what he was doing at the end of he was trying to perfect his dump that he dumped it in front of the goalie on a bounce. you know what oh. I mean. You know he was actually doing something different, and he did it for like an hour. So I, what I'm saying wow. is that, you know, before the area of, of of you know this this Michigan and being able to kind of lacrosse the puck as you do so well, and you know, I'll get into that. But he was actually one of the guys from that era that was trying some different things, and you brought his name up first,
2: oh my God. yeah. like I've watched a lot of his like main highlights uh, when he played there, and guy was doing backhand toe drags between the legs. like that yeah, just it didn't I exist know. back then. You know, he was doing some some crazy things. I, I posted one the other day where uh, Christian Rucci did a fake slap shot that. and passed between the legs. Korea did it in 2001 at the All-Star Game. Uh, you know, just so many uh, creative moves. Uh, and that's why I think he, he had such a great career. He was always thinking outside the box.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And I love how, you're, how attentive you are. So you must be. Look, I don't know what's first. I often ask musicians... Jim Cuddy's a friend of mine. I say, Jim, like, what comes first, the melody or the or the the lyrics or the melody? Or so for you, when when you're watching hockey, then and even growing up, I'm going growing up here because now you're it's somewhat of an expert at your craft. But before, as all this was evolving, were you really noticing that when you watched hockey Um, and like so because you're born in 1990, so the game kind of grew. I mean, the shootout became a thing, three on three. Uh, one-piece sticks so timing has been integral in your ev- evolution as a coach because the game changed right into your wheelhouse so I guess at what point did it come so skills based or was it always that way when you were eight years old were you doing tricks with your stick uh, or was it an evolution seeing Pavel datsuk all these stars kind of you know change the game in a way and they certainly did <laughs> was it what 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 exactly grabbed your attention as a kid?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, first off, it's funny you mentioned Jim Cuddy. I played hockey with him growing up, uh, he lives really close to me I was a big Blue Rodeo fan. Yeah, awesome I met him guys. on the
0: ice, man. He was well, I was in Montreal and <laughs> they were there playing, and like I was like, geez, that's that's Blue Rodeo, and I'm a big fan. So I went over <laughs> a few of us, spent the afternoon, and then a couple of years later I was in St. John's Maple Leafs, Toronto's farm team in the minors, and he came and practiced with us. So I did a couple of Juno Cups with him. And uh, I there I skate with him once in a while in there too, or I did up to like a couple of years ago. Anyway, that's wild.
2: No, that's awesome. Such a good guy. Um, but yeah, to your question, like, I think as a kid, honestly, I couldn't do that much. I mean, I was doing maybe like toe drags were crazy back then when I was eight. I learned to pick up the puck that Michigan, just not even the Michigan, just to pick it up on your stick when I was eight years old. And that okay. was, that was insane back then. Now kids like are like, okay, that's boring. Like that's easy to do. <laughs> um but I, I was definitely always paying attention i remember uh sam gagne me and my buddy jake mooney we yeah. watched him do this shootout move before he did that fake backhand toe drag one he had this one where he did a quick fake five hole quick backhand and back to forehand and it was that. so quick that we couldn't wrap our brains around it so we actually would try to download the video from limewire because downloading videos was so hard back then i remember we, for that yeah we would- yeah. We would slow mow it down and break it down piece by piece. And then me and him would go into practice and do it like just a million times. You go on the outdoor rink, do it a million times. And I would just okay. do that. With
0: every move. This is what I wanted to know. So you, you were working, you would see a specific move and go and work on that move as opposed to go to hockey practice and go through. And then maybe twice at the end of practice, you went to your outdoor rinks are so important, man. Extra yeah. ice time is so important. You know, like it really is. So you would look at a move and then go and try to perfect it. And that's, that's the process.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Because, you know, in team practice, like as a coach, you kind of have to be more generalized, right? Like when you're doing a team, you got to do flow drills. You got to get people involved and stuff. So as you said, like those outdoor rinks, those, those uh, time after practice on your own, they're so integral because that's when you get to evolve your player identity and work on moves outside of, what you're doing with your team. And I think if you ask any NHL player who has, uh you know, your top 50 hands in the league, they'll tell you they, they did that on their own time. They didn't do that just during yeah. uh, the, the team training. You gotta, you gotta take it on, on your own uh, to, to do all that practice.
0: By the way, how many NHLers have you trained? I read a story a few years ago on Jake for Tannen. But yeah. I know since I read a little bit about Taves and I mean, how many people have you trained that play professional hockey?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I've done quite a bit of more like video stuff just because when they're in season and with my schedule, yeah. it's tough to get on planes and stuff like that and see them mid season. So I would say probably about six to eight uh, guys in the show, just from either yeah. video or hands-on stuff like, uh, like Warren Fogle would send me like breakaway attempts, which is, he he sent me, it was maybe the best email exchange ever. He would send me his uh all his failed attempts and successful attempts on the breakaway because he oh, was yeah. trying to uh find ways he could be more effective on that. And that's I always tell people to do that, like don't just show the successes or failures, like show both so we can see them and then we try and uh, map out a bit of a, a framework, a new uh, approach to how we do things Wild. to get better results. So it's pretty cool.
0: Wild. Now you had good numbers in, uh, I don't know, I, I guess GTHL, Bantam or Midget. Was it under, under 18? I think when I looked, you had good numbers. Was that, were, were you pulling off moves like that in games? And then why did you stop playing organized hockey and go right to the skills? Or, I mean, I'm assuming you did. I, maybe you still play. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I just see the numbers on elite prospects. Again, you had good numbers, um, and you're unbelievably talented. So at what point did you give up one for the other?
2: Yeah, I, I pretty much uh, stopped playing when I was 18. Like, I played U21 AAA at the end, which is not – it's like there's some really good players, but the, the it's a mixed bag of skill at that level. Like, it's just for people who can't commit to playing junior, because I was playing for the Canadian field hockey team at that time. So I had, to, I had to drop off of that because it was full commitment, and that's why I moved to Vancouver eventually. But, um yeah, back so when I – would have
0: been around t- t- uh, 2010?
2: Yeah, yeah, around then, yeah, 2010, 2011. Um, but, yeah, before that, I was playing with this guy, as I mentioned earlier, Jake Mooney, who was by far a better stick hammer than me back then, and I was the goal scorer guy who was just doing the simple stuff, putting the puck really? in the net, pull off the odd move. but. This is a guy. He he went on to play D1 uh, college, had a great uh, career there. But um, I was I was learning a lot from him. He was I kind of idolized him, and we we'd work a lot on uh, hands together. So I definitely uh, you know he's kind of the untold story of uh, you know why I think I got my hands better and all that stuff. Like we'd send this guy to do penalty kills. He'd kill a minute just by himself stick handling in a phone booth in the corner. It was it was insane.
0: Interesting. Okay, so. Yeah, that's 2010. I, I I don't know when you came into prominence. I'm I'm guessing in my wheelhouse, maybe six seven years ago, I think. Like I'm just trying to do the vague math in my head. But after that, I guess, did you take on the name Pavel because of the European connotation? I don't know Pavel Bure was he, or Datsuk, or I guess Datsuk, right? Okay, you and said was, I didn't realize that. Oh, Datsuk. And then when did the videos start to go viral? When did you realize that you had something cooking here? Right? Because now at this point, it's two thousand and twenty three. You got millions of tens of millions of views, millions of followers. Back then you were a kid coming back from Vancouver with no followers. So what happened in the middle? How did this ball get rolling? Yeah, it's funny.
2: The ball got rolling because uh Field Hockey Canada budget sucked. Uh we are we at our our whole olympic funding cut we were getting like nine hundred thousand from the government which was funding us we had that slash like fully stripped away from us So we were making like very minimal money per month as athletes and i had to get a part-time job so i ended up working at the university of british columbia uh at the hockey school there which i was more than thrilled about just to have a job involved in hockey i felt pretty blessed and in the middle of lessons i would put my uh my phone on a milk crate and do shootout moves just for fun Zero plan to grow this to do anything with it to start a YouTube channel. Instagram didn't even exist for videos back then, it was just pictures. I was just wow. having fun with my friends, messing around. I, I guess I had some moves people hadn't seen before, so that's when it started to pick up. And then when Instagram introduced videos, I was one of the few guys in hockey doing stuff, so it was very good timing uh as well uh and then just yeah. eventually years down the road started getting brand deals to grow it more and grow the following a bit more but uh it, i think that the best part about it is this is definitely an organic thing it's something i just grew out of passion i'd be doing it even if i didn't have followers it's just a very fun thing uh for me to to do with my friends
0: yeah man We're, so what's uh, it's taken you all over the world right
2: oh yeah i've been tons of places it's been pretty wild
0: what would be, you know, some places that that you've gone that we probably wouldn't expect?
2: Bangkok hockey. No, come Bangkok on. hockey, bro. I I, <laughs> I did lessons there. I did a hockey school there. Really? Bangkok's crazy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was wearing, I was in a t-shirt and shorts, dude. It was so hot in that arena. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow,
0: that is interesting. Um, and okay, so the, here's the other thing. I mean, there's so much to ask, and 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 and, but I what I want to ask you. I mean, more than anything. I mean, I think it's important that people learn these skills. If you're a hockey player, um, you know. I wish, as a player, I guess I would be classified power forward. I guess when I went onto the ice, though, I didn't. It wasn't physical. I wasn't thinking that first. I was thinking, you know, put the puck into the net. I was an offensive player, um, but it wasn't. Again, there, definitely that time there wasn't as much skills even if i did stay after practice which happened a lot i would probably work on my skating maybe opening my hips to stick handle for sure but not the type that that you're pulling off okay so i know there's players out there that benefit i know it and a lot of people don't want to admit it that are traditionalists oh you know you know i i'm i like fighting in the game but i also like skills in the game right so i think it's If I'm a kid, I think what you teach is just as important as systems. I think it's as important as checking, as everything. It's a huge skill. And of course, not everybody's going to be going in and pulling off the Michigan, but to get quicker hands and to know, and I know I see you say a lot, keep the puck out, right? The first thing is that you hold it out from your body and there are steps and just learning those steps doesn't mean everybody's going to be in lacrosse and the puck, but they're going to get a little bit better. So. You also teach shooting. You're a great shooter, and no one realizes that. So I know you work on your stick handling and everything else, but how much time do you spend even now? Because you don't have time to take off. You're, you're going around the world, like you said, Bangkok. You're all over. I know you were in Arizona. You did six or eight places last year with these specialized clinics. Really, you, it, your skill's taking you all over the world. But where do you – like? do you still practice yourself and shootings? One thing I think you got to really stay on and you're a really, really good shooter. Did that come as naturally as the skills?
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, I think, uh, for me, like with shooting, my main thing was I was so anal about accuracy, uh, and release timing. I think I thought those were the key things. And the way you, you see the game going, you know, you could have a hard shot, but if you don't disguise your release, uh, you know the goalie reads it faster that speed uh, that you have on the shot isn't as effective as if you uh, Let him to be a little bit late on his read So those are definitely things I try and focus on and and for me. I, I train all the time I don't consider it training, but I'm on the ice all the time. It's my fun time. It's my cardio Some people rip on the treadmill go for runs whatever they do. I go on the rink I just I just love to buzz around there like I shoot a lot of videos but there's way more time when I'm not shooting videos where I'm just out there messing around because number one it's just fun but number two as an instructor it helps me from an understanding standpoint of how am i going to make this in terms of the order of progression right because yeah you you were mentioning earlier you've got to do it in the in the right stages you can't just like i always tell kids like you can't just go to a toe drag if you can't stick handle with the puck off your body and shift the weight side to side you will never be able to pull off a toe drag you'll always revert to the uh, you know, the problems you had by skipping the basics, uh, yep. you know, th- those basics, those foundational skills can never be practiced enough. I always tell kids in my hockey schools, like, I know you know me for lacrosse stuff, Soro stuff. We never even do that once in my hockey schools, but I'm, I'm, I always tell them like, we'll get to some fun moves, but we're going to have to do some like boring basics. Cause it's going to make you way more consistent in those areas.
0: That uh, that's what I tried to stumble around saying earlier. Yes. I believe it. Like, cause on the way, to the Michigan. If you learn to do that, that means you've learned so much along the way. I'm also a big fan. When kids are younger, they want to like a lot of kids want to play up and, and they might be on the fence, but I'm like, you need time with the puck. So you you need to be a decent skater first, because otherwise you're never going to have time. So when kids are real young, I'm a fan of like, you know, don't be too, don't rush into like playing up here at this level. If, if you're right on the border of A and B or C or however it's going to be classified, you know, I, I find it, it's beneficial to have the puck to, to have more time. You will have more time to practice those things, obviously. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like, for me, the, the funny thing is like I get put into like a category where I chose to specialize in stick handling because not a lot of people were doing it. My order in which I think things are important is like, skating is like not even close to everything else it's number one right like as you're saying like nothing works if you don't have the foundation of skating and edge work underneath you nothing you're going to do works you're not going to create the separation you're not going to have the ability to eliminate you're not going to have the ability to absorb uh pressure when people start bumping you uh there was a great jack hughes quote where he talked about he's kind of like dangling with his feet or whatever he said and that's so true it it all starts from like the footwork and the hands kind of follow that rhythm Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to combine the two together, but it always starts from the ground up. So like at my hockey schools, I always tell people when they're signing up, like if you don't have the skating foundation underneath you, it's kind of a waste of money to come here because we're going to be doing some stuff with the puck that if you can't do the basic C cuts and outside edge stuff, you you just have to go back and and learn that stuff first uh, and just work on that skating foundation and then get to the stick. later.
0: Did you see Mitch Marner's penalty shot the other night? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was sorry. talking about first I didn't I hadn't met you yet. I, I knew you were gonna come on at some point fairly soon. And I was like, I wonder what he thought of that. First of all, opening those hips and using those head like I that was a clinic in itself. And then like you said, it's fraction of a second, but getting that puck off like in stride or you know he's he's brilliant at it. Just one it's a fraction of a second quicker than everybody else gets it off and the goalie's just a little bit late. And I find Marner, I mean, I, I'm curious to what you, give me your top three or four who you think would be stick handlers in the NHL.
2: I have to go Kane number one. You'd uh, be wrong to not go Kane number one. Uh, man, honestly, like it's a, it's a bit of a weird There's so game. many now. There's so many. I, 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 I'm pretty obsessed with Brad Marchand. Uh, yeah, with, he's with right hands, there. Man. he, uh, yeah. You know he he does the the deception well with his body and he's got quite a good rip on him too a good shot so uh, he's he's definitely up there. Um Who would be number three? Geez, there are like millions of these guys now.
0: Now there's so many, man. There used to be like um I remember when I was leaving Montreal, Kovalev was coming in. He was an older oh, guy, but
2: God, his like hands just are
0: great. yeah, it's incredible, right? Uh-huh. Datsuk would stand out. So many, like you said, Korea. I mean, they. they they definitely, there was always stick handlers that were better than the rest, but now I find, God, there's there's so much skill. The game's evolving, and, uh, you know, I guess in part to to people like you that are influencing it. Now, look, you mentioned videos. What's the key to making a good video? A lot of people are going to benefit from this because it's not easy, and you don't, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you have GoPros, you have people with you. I know you got a couple of um, buddies there that do it with you. Um, but what is the key to that? Like, do you plan the video before you go out there or you just got the moves or the skills to show you, 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 you come on the ice. I guess there's a, some level of planning, but I, yeah. How do you, what goes into making a great video?
2: Yeah, I think for, for short form, at least for me, because most of my short form stuff is just like skill moves, like shootouts and fun moves like that. So if I'm doing a move like that, it's really just being patient, like, when I do shootout moves on a goalie, you have to get them thinking you're shooting. You can't just deep the whole time. So we'll, yeah. when we do those, we might get one clip in like 45 minutes, but I'll just do shoot moves for fun and I'll shoot a bunch of times. Okay. To save everything so that, you know, when I do pull off a dangle, it, it'll actually work versus him just sitting back expecting the deke all the time. Uh, so that's for the shootouts at
0: least. I was then, wondering uh, that I'm like, fuck, they don't know that he's gonna deke. Well, okay, because you're peppering him with shots in between. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. And these guys make saves. Like people tell me to post them. We I did it in the past. It's just they just I don't don't do well. And it's you know, my feed's just for the offensive stuff. You right? It's like I don't show NHL saves that deserve to be shown somewhere, but I just try and focus on the offensive. Um, but yeah, for other videos, I think it's just like the you know, the the idea has to be solid, like. If I'm doing a tutorial video, like when Kucherov f- first pulled off that shootout move, it's like immediately break it down and just be able to break it down in a way that's understandable. Uh, I don't have a big vocabulary, so it helps, but I try and stay simple with my messaging and not uh, try not to over speak too. I just like to get to the point and let people see what's the move, what what does the goalie think, right? Because you need to know what the yeah is. to to see why it works and then how to pull it off without being obvious is the main goal.
0: What was your experience with the NHL 24, the video game?
2: Oh man. Yeah, that was wild. I've I've been doing motion capture for them for probably five years now. So it's not like really well documented out there, but some people know I've been doing some behind the scenes work, like the Michigan, the bank off the net, the Datsuk move. That was all me just going through the, moves okay. and stuff, and then this year they just mentioned that I'm going to be in the video game, me and uh, a couple other influencers, friends of mine. So, yeah, it was it was really awesome. They they just did the facial scans. You walked through a couple things. We're out there with Fantillion, uh just nasty, having fun shooting some content, but uh yeah, like playing a video game I played all the time as a kid, now being I in know. it, is wild.
0: <laughs> I mean, it must blow your mind, does it? Like oh, playing that, crazy. I mean, you know, especially your unique journey there, right? Like it's one thing everybody grows up and, you know, as a hockey player in Canada, I guess not everybody. A lot of people want to be playing the NHL or playing the Olympic team or the PWHL or whatever it might be, you know, the pinnacle of it. And I'm, I'm certainly not, I don't mean this in any diminishing way. Like you're not a great hockey player. I don't really know. I assume you were decent, but your route of getting there was so what, like you couldn't envision that as a kid. You no, know oh, I mean, like, exactly. I, I pictured myself with the Stanley Cup. I pictured myself skating around in the NHL, but I didn't picture being on Shorzy. And like it it, it happened and I'm like, well, th- this is wild because I always loved sitcoms. I loved Seinfeld. I never thought that I would be somebody in this. It didn't even cross my mind. Right. Like because it almost wasn't thought of yet for for, for, for me. So for, for you, you know, like the last thing you're thinking in the nineties is that I'm going to be an influencer on YouTube. It didn't even, wasn't even invented. And here you go on this wild journey, which takes you to Bangkok and back and all over and everywhere in between, which not even a lot of pros get to do. Now you're that NHL 24 game. I bet you that you played growing up. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you said,
2: man, like it's, there's definitely days I have to kind of take a step back when I get some breathing room and kind of process everything and kind of, uh, You know, just just feel gratitude for it because it is it is pretty lucky to do number one, just to do what you love for a job, but then also uh, travel the world, meet a lot of great people. Like I've met so many awesome people who are lifelong friends now because of this, just from traveling to like Sweden or Finland or other far off places. And you keep in touch there. And yeah, it's just uh, such a cool, cool job.
0: Um. So. Your, oh, what was I going to ask just then? I had a question on the tip of my tongue. Oh, so I appreciate you watching shorezy
2: Oh, I, oh know God, that you, I love it.
0: No, I do. And, and, and wearing the jersey and everything. We watch. I mean, we got lots of downtime in the room, right? So, I mean, especially when you were coming on. But we watched a lot of the videos. I mean, we're all day. We're chatting, you know, coffee and chats most of the day, right? <laughs> I mean, everything. The work is, uh, I mean, it's a big buildup, but the scenes don't take as long as the waiting around. So we, wa- we watch a lot of the videos. And I want to know, you came up on IMDb. So I know that, I don't know if it's, like is, is acting or being in front of the camera, even as yourself, is that on your agenda in the future?
2: Uh, not planning to. I wouldn't say no to it. I, I've always wanted to be like, in in roles in uh, at, at least as like a guy doing a move in a movie or something like that i thought i could be pretty good at just because
0: well yeah i asked because you know you came into prominence on youtube you know you're a hockey personality i think there might be something there i don't know where but i think there might be something there and as far as your clinics go man what do you do like do you do people call and book months ahead or do you set it up and i mean i i generally know man i see your videos And I did a little bit of... I didn't have to do much of a deep dive because I know who you are and your background. But I don't know... Like, do people call and set this up? Is it a thing that you do? Do you work one-on-one? I'm sure you must with players. But you also do clinics. I read that you worked at the Gretzky Hockey School. You're talking about Sweden and Finland. So what exactly does your occupation involve? Like, that's a lot of different... um, A lot of different avenues to an income. So... How would you sum it up? And how would one book you if they wanted to have you come and work on some skills?
2: Yeah, so a lot of my clinics, I have a guy named Ryan Ball who helps set up uh, camps all across North America. Uh, so he helps with like registration. We have it as an open sign up for a specific skill level. Like you just, we just want to keep the skill level the same, so we're not uh, doing anything too difficult for some or holding others back. Um, and then on other, other than that, I kind of worked as a contract worker. So sometimes people from Sweden or Finland or Bangkok, I have an Asia contact where I do tours all across Asia, uh, where I have a guy, his name's Keith Fong, who sets everything up for me and I just show up, do my job and give him a percentage of it. Uh, and then if I go to Finland or Sweden or something like that, it would work the same as I would work with an organization where they'd be like, we have this many kids if we could do this many hours, what would the cost be? You get flights, accommodations, and you just okay go to these places, and it's 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 great because like I I never was a big like I need to travel guy, but now that I have traveled, I'm like this is pretty cool, like seeing different cultures and how pe- different
0: best education man best
2: education, like uh, you yeah. know like Europe, I'm in love with like I was just from uh, okay. in Switzerland for the floorball championships, and I love the people there. It seems less less stress, less fast paced. Uh, it's just good to see different uh, vibes and different walks of life and stuff like that.
0: Did I see that you? Where was it in Switzerland, by the way? And floorball. Take us through. You're on the national team.
2: Yeah, so it was in Zurich last year. They have the world okay. championships every two years, so that was my fourth tour. Uh, I've been to Prague, uh, Latvia, um, yeah. and uh, Finland before that.
0: I play ball hockey on the national team for years, and you're, you're mentioning all these places I've been through th- to through ball hockey. Oh, wicked. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's wild. And they're big, big presence in, in Toronto. A lot of yeah. players from the Brampton Midnight Express are one of the best teams of the last 30 years. And, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of battles. I love you ball. you play hard. with uh, Burroughs? You ever play with Yeah, him? I played. with... Okay, so I won, talk Switzerland, uh, Sierra Switzerland, 2003. Alex was in a, in the East Coast League. And I had just... I hurt my ankle. I couldn't... I had a high ankle sprain that never wow. ended. Like it, I, I didn't have that much... like. I didn't have any skating ability to lose. I, I knew that that was an attribute that I needed to work on the most. And I kept coming back early and scar tissue built up. I had surgery and and I knew it. It was, it was depressing. I could still play. I played senior right up until last year. Loved the game. But I could run. And there's a following at home. And there's pockets in Canada where ball hockey is real big. And uh, the coach, George Gortzos um, from Toronto, uh, played with the Fairview Rangers. And like I said, these, these teams are like legendary in the ball hockey world. Anyway, he he just told me, he said, you know, I, I still think you got a lot to give and I can I know you play a bit of ball hockey. And I got training with personal trainer and I worked with the national team in 2003. I got picked for Canada. Um, I got hurt in 2001. And then Burroughs was in the East Coast League and Vancouver wanted him to get better at, at, at get his defensive game better improve his defensive game and so right. ball hockey really does that because you can't glide yeah and when you gain the blue line you can bring it all the way back to the red line that's so right. even as a winger you got to do a lot of running you can't let anybody go i love the game for that reason but yeah that's it alex was uh, we won the gold alex was uh, mvp top scorer I had one shift in the in the final game. I but I, a few years later I was an All Star. I really worked at it. Nice I boy. really worked at it. I, I loved it. I played we just won the Masters World Championships since in September in Buffalo.
2: Oh wicked, dude. That's is, awesome. What's the age for that? That's is that three? Four plus. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. It's every two years. And uh anyway, I've had a great time in ball hockey. Most uh a lot of ice hockey players when I started Alex and I, I think, were the only ice hockey like pro players on the team. And now there's all kinds. The game really evolved. I think at yeah. the time Pavel, people thought maybe that, you know, I, I know exactly. I I know in my case Montreal didn't want me to play, because they thought I might get injured. But it's great training. You know, I guess yeah. you might get injured doing anything, but it's great training. Now I, tell you, I keep fucking rambling. Tell me about your floorball. Then what is floorball?
2: Yeah, just, I mean, it's massive in, in Europe. It's basically like f- what floor hockey gym class is to us. Like they don't have like those garbage whippy sticks. They have their floorball sticks. They come just above belly button height. Yep. They're carbon with a plastic blade with holes in it. And they yep. play with, it's like a, a wiffle ball looking thing, but it's way more dense. So it can rip way harder than a wiffle ball. And it doesn't like curve like crazy, like a wiffle okay. ball would uh and it is insane over there like for the world championships they're getting sixteen thousand fans uh selling out an arena for it there's there's people making pretty decent money over there nothing close to what hockey makes over there there's just not that much money in it but it's it's massive in there they have three times the enrollment in floorball than they do ice hockey in like finland and sweden because it's so wow it's so low cost and you could jump right in just need a stick and shoes and i'll tell you man like i was a big ball hockey guy growing up too like just just for fun and the 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 floor ball was was crazy because it's way faster because the the lightness of the stick and the ball means everything is going so quick so what it forced me to do is like even from ice hockey is you you really have to know your next move well before that ball comes to you or okay. else or else you are done how many are so, on but, the floor at once uh, five five on five same as hockey it's about uh just a little bit bigger than a basketball gym would be with boards that come about i would guess like this high like about just above knee height uh surrounding it and yeah that's pretty much it no stick lifts at all uh it's a it's a ball first sport so you can make contact with the stick but you can't lift or or slash over the stick or slap the stick so you can you just yeah, have to try cool. and get ball first and touch ball first as you're going for it and that's the only like really big major difference in, in the rules, but just no helmet, no gloves, just a stick. And you're, you're ripping 45 seconds shifts and you're, you're off just like hockey, man. You get, you get, wow, winning.
0: that's yeah. wild. So you've traveled the world playing floorball and yep. teaching hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, again, wait, sort of cut you off. The, you went to Vancouver for what? Vancouver was for field hockey. So that the was field hockey,
2: different sport. Yeah. I was, I was nowhere near as good as floorball uh as i or i was way better at floorball than i was field hockey i i went there i made the national team but i was i was a pretty big pigeon on that team just uh it's a bit weird the the sticks you're not allowed to use the backhands
0: so you have to shoot right don't you
2: you have to shoot right uh i don't get that
0: i don't I that's what i I remember i I remember learning that game because i thought it was unique and there was people playing at home this was just in the park one day like maybe you know 15 years ago. I just didn't know much about it. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty intriguing. And then I grabbed one. It was like this big wooden kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm going, what? I shoot left. Ah, sorry, you can't shoot left. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't get it. But anyway, I mean, it's intriguing. How many, like you played that for how many years? And do you still play? Uh, no, I don't play anymore. Uh, I played that probably from,
2: I would say, I would probably say like five or six years uh I pretty much just stopped playing uh it was what actually we qualified for the Olympics and I quit that same year uh for that those real Olympics I, I would not have made that team but I just I fell out of love with it I I tore my hip flexor too and had a lot of uh a lot of injury situations there and I just wasn't passionate about it anymore and like if you know me it's like if I'm not passionate about something I'm I'm not doing it so I just bad yeah you're
0: you're passionate if there's you're passionate and i love how one of the one of the bios online there's a million i saw how you know you 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 really have a respect for the sport first but a, like a good work ethic and you can maximize your potential if you just go out there and but the way to do it is have fun and every time you're you're coaching you're having fun i love it man whatever you're going to do god i've had some jobs where it, it it wasn't fun to go in and and now I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. I got to play hockey, which I'm passionate about. if you're if you can do anything, play it even or coach or or be involved, especially make money, make an income, doing something you're passionate about, it's addictive. Now, how important do you think that is in the learning process to have fun during?
2: It's everything. Uh, like the biggest thing I tell people is, you know, if you want people to put work away from their team, they're only going to do that if they enjoy the process. So when I say have fun, I don't mean that in like the, like, Oh, make sure everyone's like uh has smiles on their faces all the time. I mean, I want them to train more and be focused more while they're training. And you're only going to do that if you care. So if you build that passion and that passion is built out of, you're just addicted. You You felt it. You just, you're out there, you have fun. Your mind's not wandering on all the problems going on in your life. You are locked in and you're just trying to get better at a skill or, or something in the game. And it just makes the game more fun, the better you get. And that just feeds that addiction cycle. So I think yeah, the man. number one thing is always enjoy it, make it fun. There's going to be times where it's going to be frustrating and that's fine. But if, as long as you turn that frustration into more focus and and, and all that stuff, it's always going to lead into you enjoying the sport more, the better you get.
0: I like what you mentioned there. Whenever I um, get stressed, I mean, I get, I'm get high strung, get a bit of anxiety, as everybody does, I guess. You have some mental adversity, but whatever ever situation I've ever been in, jump on an outdoor rink, or any rink really, but outdoor ideal in the winter, and just you, you, you puck, just me, puck, skate, stick, net, and everything, I forget everything. It's like <laughs> when I hear when I hear people that are, I, I don't I, I don't want to assume or, or boil a religion down to one thing. But you know, like Buddhism, people meditate, right? And and when it, I I've tried I've, I've tried these methods or or sitting there and trying to gather my thoughts, that it just doesn't work. But listen to to good music once in a while in the right or or, or going out there on that ice. And just like the worst, I could be going through a divorce. Um, I don't know, the worst kind of stress, an exam. I could have failed an exam or been in school and, or some family problem or whatever. I go on that ice, man, me puck, stick, it's over. And it's, I I, I think, to, just to go back to the passion that you talk about, I mean, it, it's not just a, for me an overwhelming uh, desire to, 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 to watch the game or play the game itself, it almost feels like I'm at home with my thoughts when I'm in certain situations, as hockey's one of them. Is there anything else that you are passionate like that about? For me, I guess it might be music, and if it was going to be music, the Beatles maybe, but is there anything else in your life that you know you love as much as hockey or close to?
2: Uh, man, honestly, I think personal growth. I le- I read a lot of books about about that, just about like leading a life that fulfills you. Uh, and I, I always feel that just it helps me in all facets of, of my life. But same as you, like I've grown up, I've been high strung, get anxiety and struggled pretty greatly with that. And, you know, just trying to master your thoughts and know you're not your thoughts and, you know, understand ways you can do uh, things you can do to combat that and stay in the present moment. And uh, and then also like understanding, like, like what's the meaning of life and, like it's it's purpose always purpose and it's what you do with it and the best thing is you you get to decide that always it's always you know what life you want to lead and and stuff like that because like the biggest thing i found is like i'm my best self when i'm at peace with myself and i'm going to be a better person around other people when i focus on the internal and I'm, you know, controlling, I'm doing the things I love. I'm, I'm progressing in something. I'm making forward progress in life. And I always feel like that for everyone, it doesn't matter what it is you're passionate about. As long as you're taking steps, moving forward and building and you're not still in life, you're breathing life into yourself and you're, you're going to be a better person. You're going to establish better relationships and stuff. So like reading books like that and trying to put it into practice, definitely uh, a big passion of mine for sure.
0: Wow. Spoken like, uh, the Maharishi. Uh, What did you you do at Ryerson? No, the really insightful stuff. What did you do at Ryerson?
2: Uh, I was was in Ryerson uh, just because I felt I needed to go to university and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was in arts and contemporary studies. I ended up dropping out after two years because I just couldn't take the structured environment. (laughs) Uh, I just couldn't do it, dude. I was like no showing classes. There's a few classes I liked. Like one was critical thinking. I really enjoyed but other than that I just I didn't know what I wanted to do and field hockey I got chosen for the national team around that time too so I was like all right I'm gonna take a year off I'm gonna try to figure out my life what I want to do and that was honestly it was a great year to kind of just figure out like if I have free time what would I want to fill it with what passions would I want to chase what kind of life do I want to lead and that kind of space away from school for the first time since kindergarten right like Not not being in a school environment, thinking for yourself, being on your own, definitely, I think, helped me in the long run.
1: Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved.
0: Now, what is your plan for the future? Like, and I know that's such a vague, almost silly question, but I mean you know, the obvious, uh, I don't mean like marriage or, or whatever. I, I mean, like for, as per, are you going to take your clinic to a certain Are you going to do more videos? Are you going to work? Is your goal to be a coach? Are you going to work with NHL teams? Uh, you know, one particular team, would you like a job with a team? Like what is your goal as a player, as a person?
2: Yeah, I think the first thing we're working on like right now is building out a course that I can put online just to reach more people just because, I've been asked to do that for so many years. Uh, So we put in like 40 hours of filming last year uh, just to get this course kind of started. So that's one thing. Uh, Definitely want to work with more NHL players, especially one on one. Uh, I feel like as I get older, I'm just I keep watching the game so closely and seeing these patterns of effectiveness in the game. And uh, I'm understanding it a lot more than I was five or six years ago. when uh, I first started taking this stuff pretty seriously. Uh, but then, yeah, still doing the video stuff. I I love it. It's it's definitely fun. Just making videos for people, making entertaining content, and and just having fun with a stick and a puck. I I always want to do, and uh, you know, I've been getting great uh, experiences out of it. And it's it's easy for me to do because it's something I want to do. So I definitely want to continue to do that.
0: Now I got a little section called Rapid Fire Randoms. Might be another ten or twelve minutes if you don't mind. But sure, before yeah. that, before that, do you want to? I always forget to ask people, do you have anything to promote? Obviously you do. Like where can people find you online? Um, do you have any websites that you want to toss out there before we get to the rapid fires?
2: Yeah, just online. I think main one's just Instagram, Hey Barber, TikTok, Hey Barber, and then YouTube. I got uh, just Pavel Barber. Look those up. That's that's pretty much it.
0: Okay, here we go. Pavel Barber, rapid fire, randoms. If you had a superpower. What would you pick? Fly. Okay.
2: Hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Death row, good answer. Death row meal. Ooh. Get uh, murdered somehow. Some you, you're the positive energy guru uh, as yourself. Something happened, I guess, and you you went nuts. You murdered somebody, and it's in Texas. <laughs> so now you got the death <laughs> oh, penalty. Oh, they're gonna
2: kill me. They're uh, gonna kill you. I'm gonna go with pasta. I'm obsessed with pasta.
0: You never say it. What, what do you weigh? I weigh about 180 right now. Oh, do you? What what were you playing at when you were under 18, under 20? Oh,
2: probably one fifty-five.
0: <laughs> wow, well, you, you carry well, not that the one eighty is not big, but you carry <laughs> it well. You look about one sixty now.
2: Oh, thanks, buddy.
0: <laughs> if that's a yeah, compliment, I'm not I'm just commenting. Um okay. Some reason the internet goes down. Now all of a sudden you can't rely on these viral videos and you gotta add another job to your resume you've been offered crazy money to be a dj okay they're getting cbtgs back on the go in new york uh you're the dj now you got to pick one of these names mc burb wire (laughs) burb daddy flash dj dipsy doodle or funky b dangle (laughs)
2: <laughs> i'll go dj gypsy doodle that's that's a good one dude
0: okay yeah you DJ want to copyright doodle. that
2: one for later that's
0: yeah well cool. i mean it works <laughs> um what's the most memorable game you've get, memorable game you've ever seen live Ooh,
2: most memorable game i've seen live um
1: it doesn't oh, even oh, wow.
0: have to be an nhl game it could be any game like for me we got a trophy at home the Newfoundland senior hockey is the Herder Memorial Trophy. It goes back like a hundred odd years and it's a huge thing. And watching those growing up is etched in my mind. I'll never forget it. Sidney Crosby's uncle, Robbie Forbes. There's a book, Ken Reed's new book, Hometown Hockey Heroes. There you go. I watched him raise that and then they won the Allen Cup right after. And I'll it's one of the most memorable games ever. Game seven of the Herder final. What about you? I love
2: it. I'll go I'll go with my my brother's last game. That he played, I think that was uh, that was pretty cool because it's it's a bit sad, but it was also I as a kid I was always going to his games watching him play live, so seeing That's his live game was uh, yeah, emotional for sure.
0: And where like you you grew up like right in Toronto, right? People yeah. say Toronto and they could mean Oshawa, but you were actually right in Toronto.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right in Riverdale area.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, your favorite sports jersey ever? it Doesn't have to be hockey. Could be.
2: Ooh, oh, mighty ducks, easy.
0: Oh yeah. Oh that yeah. Was layup for you. Easy, yeah, definitely. Uh, every time you're in an elevator or escalator for the rest of your life, a song plays. What song would that be?
2: Uh go Goo Goo Dolls, "Iris."
0: Wow, that was pretty quick right off your tip of your tongue too.
2: <laughs> I love that. So you you
0: Goo Goo Dolls. That was that. Yeah, you didn't hesitate at all. <laughs> um. What's the last movie you saw?
2: Oh, it was uh The Big Short. Oh yeah? Oh,
0: I like yeah. The Big Short. I want a banger. Yeah, um outside of hockey, what's your dream job? Outside of hockey, like if you if friend. you didn't have anything, no no floorball, no field hockey, whatever. You play 16 forms of hockey. You had none of that. You didn't know what a <laughs> stick was. Now, what what do you what do you do as a dream job?
2: Uh, I, I, anything maybe involved in like mental health, uh, you know, helping people with that. I think, I think you'd be a
0: good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I find yeah. teachers don't get enough credit. Like they're the original, like they're, they're mental health workers automatically just by going into a room with 30 kids. Yeah. 100%. Them, right. 100%. And you gotta have my, I mean, my dad was a teacher his whole life. I get it. And I think if he wasn't such a fun personality, I think it would have been a lot harder. I yeah. see teachers, man, in there and they're not appreciated. And I don't know. A good, a good coach with passion and, and fun being one of their main themes, like yourself, I think is uh, underrated in today's day and age. And oh, a teacher is kind of that. 100%. <clears throat> um, you have to pick a player from the NHL, just anybody. You got, there's $100,000 cash on the table. You have to bet on one player to make a three-pointer in the NBA.
2: Oh, <laughs> a three-pointer. Ooh, God. I saw the Leafs shooting basketballs. Uh, yeah. A couple of them look pretty good. I might go with Mitch Marner. I think he he looked like he actually played.
0: He, yeah, he, he's an athlete. I bet you, I don't really know, but I bet you he was one of those guys, like on the volleyball team, yeah. basketball team, like or, everything. Just or
2: Phil, or Phil Kessel. I saw him playing one-on-one with Rebo once. And really? He looked, he looked like he could at least dribble the ball. He's he's one of those sneaky athletes, right? You know? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He is a sneaky athlete. Yeah. <laughs> um, who do you think is going to win the cup?
2: This year? Oh, man. I'm going to say repeat Vegas. Uh, they look Wouldn't so solid, man. From line one to four, it's hard to bet against them.
0: I agree. They're a well-rounded team. Uh, your best Christmas present ever?
2: My first ever... Aluminum
0: hockey stick. Aluminum, really? Uh, so this was, you must about well, 9596 95, 96, you were, you were a kid.
2: Yeah, it was a red Easton something and it was heavy, but I, I loved it. I went nuts for that.
0: First you can time. imagine, you're, you're in a, you appreciate sticks. You can imagine like when I had my hands on an Easton Synergy for the first time, I couldn't believe it. I could not oh. believe it. And I, I had a buddy in junior, <laughs> Sheldon Surrey, Sorry, I'll tell you, like in junior, he was, he got drafted third round, I believe, to Jersey and he had like three goals and six assists. He was tough more than anything. He had a good slapper, but he couldn't really get it off. and he worked, he worked, he worked, he worked. But then I'm like, he went from that three goals in his draft year as a bruising defenseman. No one ever saw goals coming at all in any form. And he gets like the most ever for a defenseman in the in a season in Montreal. Scored twenty eight goals, beat Jacques Lemaire. I couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. Oh, oh, no. He says to me, he's like a big thing. Was that that was right on the turnover of the stick. He goes, my shot went from like ninety something to right? I a mean, hundred and something, right? And it's it, it, some threshold was obviously changed when not changed, but he there, there, there's a point that it becomes. Not unstoppable, but a lot harder to stop. And you're shooting it from the point. And if it goes from 92 miles an hour to like 102, you're going to score more goals. Oh, yeah. He worked hard. But anyway, I saw it in my own life. Like you (laughs) were a kid, but being a pro was wild from like 98 to like 2004. It completely (laughs) changed, right?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: That's wild. For goalies, it must have sucked for sure. Just having to change. Yeah, all of a game. sudden everybody had a cannon. Yeah. Goalies changed, right? I think, if I remember correctly, the style went from like you know reflexive to just like the angle. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The game's always evolving. It'll go back the other way. It's cyclical. Everything does. Uh, aliens come here from another planet, and they're abs- they're going to blow up the Earth unless you can make them dance. You got to pick one song.
2: Oh my God! Uh, maybe what does the fox say? That's the only one I, I I died laughing the first time I heard that one. It was so-
0: well, you know, like I said, it it, it does it, it can be cheesy because you just got to make them dance, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we don't have to get deep. We don't have to go Beatles, Sergeant Pepper. We don't have to go Miles Davis. The Macarena <laughs> would be fine. And what did the fox say? Probably works. Okay, uh, you are going. To Mars. You're gonna explore you've become in this crazy world that you've created. Uh, there's a colony on Mars and you're going up to teach hockey. Three it's a three month trip in your new spaceship. You got three albums, two T V shows, and one book. What would they be?
2: Three albums.
0: Well, and you know like I when I, I when I think bands, I think albums like Green Day Dookie, The Beatles Revolver, but now it's more I think so. I guess you can go greatest hits. Now things are more just here's the song, and I don't think even a lot of people realize what album it's attached to. So
2: I'll go band because I I don't even think I know the name of the the album. Yeah. uh, Band, and then we'll just say
0: it's the greatest hits, whatever. Yeah.
2: I'll go Goo Goo Dolls for sure. I'll go Matchbox 20, Mm -hmm. and then I'll go Our Lady Peace.
0: Wow. So that, so you really love the 90s.
2: Oh yeah, big time! I got '90s mixes ripping on my my day list on Spotify all day.
0: Uh, it's funny in the so I'm 14 years old and I go out west. Uh, so Tri City could draft me, right? So the draft out west is when you're 14 years old. So like the to junior, so obviously, so I went out and I so I got drafted. I was playing junior up in Cornell. Tri Cities. Uh, I guess it's probably like a 14 hour drive, but Tri citys in, in in southern Washington State. Seattle would be two hours uh, northwest. And anyway, so they would take me down like when we weren't playing. I I, I practiced for a couple of years, got a few games in as a 15-year-old and then Tri-City from 16, 17, 18. So five years from 92 to 97. I'm in Washington State and the grunge movement was happening right in Seattle. Stone <laughs> Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Saw Nirvana, oh, Pearl Jam, and then everybody else, like the whole music world, kind of gravitated there. It was a wild time. Dude, just, just elaborating on the because those bands came immediately after that. They were a product of that whole sound that you just mentioned, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, man. That was, those were the golden years, man.
0: You would have loved it. Yeah. You would have loved it. It's one of my best memories just out there and has nothing to do with hockey. Just pulling in, yeah. in the middle of the afternoon, watching like Mazzy Star in a bar, you know? Oh, too good. Uh, what goes on a perfect pizza?
2: Not pineapple, um, I would say I'm a big veggie guy, so I would go uh, I like green peppers, mushrooms, black olives, and recently, broccoli because i I'd ordered it once because they had it as an option. I thought it was weird,
0: and I liked it really? yeah I was Have I've that. ever heard with broccoli on the pizza yeah. By the way, by the way, for listeners not in Ontario or Canada, it's funny almost ironic that you say no pineapple on a pizza because I think I could be wrong. Didn't pineapple first go on a pizza in Ontario somewhere?
2: I think it, I think it is. I a, think, I think it was like Stratford or
0: somewhere like that. Yeah. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I don't know why. And I didn't look it up, but by all means, listeners, check that out. I think I'm right. Um, how many times have you had escargot snails?
2: Eaten snails?
0: Yeah. Never. Okay. Is that
2: a thing? People eat snails?
0: That's what escargot is.
2: Oh, no, never.
0: You ever hear of that escargot? Yeah, I mean, it's not at every restaurant, but oh. if you ever see it on the menu, yeah, it's
2: okay. usually
0: snails with cheese over top.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, never.
0: What's the last book you read?
2: Last book I read was uh, uh, Changing the Habit of Being Yourself. Uh, trying to remember the author. He's phenomenal, though. Uh, I, I forget what it was, but very good book. I like where
0: you're going with this, though, because so I grew up Catholic, but I'm not religious. But I say to people, I, I'm not atheist either. I, I I think you can be spiritual and be a good person and, you know, hope that there's something energy goes somewhere. Like, you know, I, I don't really know. We don't really have the answers is what I think. Yeah. But that's kind of my religion, Like reading these books. and And it is like you said, if you're a better person, if you feel better yourself, you're probably going to emanate a better energy. And, you know, that can be addictive and that can. You know, in any in a, in a locker room, in a business place, in a city, and whatever. You know, that's the way it yeah. goes, and that's kind of my religion. So I am intrigued by the books that you're reading, by the way. And I kind of read the same kind of books. Um, have you bungee jumped?
2: I've never bungee jumped. I'm pretty afraid of heights. Uh, never terrified. say never. I probably would try it, but uh, I'm very it? afraid of heights.
0: How about the people hanging off the side of the CN Tower?
2: Oh my God. Yeah, I I couldn't do that, man.
0: I didn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it means like I have a decision, and I could. I mean, I would pass out. I'd <laughs> puke all over myself. Like I would just I'd fall down. And I, I, there's no, I couldn't ever put myself in that position. <laughs> oh, unless so someone shot. knocked me with the head with a fucking sack of hammers <laughs> and dangled me out there. There's no way. There is no. Possible way I'm hanging off the side of the sand. People
2: pay to do that. That's the wild yeah. thing. You couldn't pay me bucks. whatever it costs to do it. To do that,
0: no, it's I mean, I'm watching a Jay's game and I look up and it actually makes me nauseous as, as I'm looking up. <laughs> um, have you? So, second question was, Have you sky, sky dove? Is that how you say that?
2: Have sky you sky dive, dive I don't or know.
0: sky dove?
2: One or the other, but no, haven't done that either. Uh,
0: and by the way. You gave me your three albums, but what are the two TV shows you'd take the mirrors with you?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Seinfeld, 100%. Uh, yeah, I love
0: Seinfeld, too. I it.
2: Big fan of that. And maybe uh, 24, that was pretty much my all-time favorite drama. So those was two. It? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, have you seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? If you like Seinfeld, you'll probably Oh yeah. like
2: I've seen oh, that. Yeah, that guy okay. is just unbelievable. They're so That's my style of humor, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I, they're, they're both in my top five. I don't know where. I find it really hard. It, it, it's like, you know, it always changes. But I, put it this way two of those shows I've seen every single episode, and I laugh still. It doesn't yeah, get old to me at all. That's the thing. You know what's good old. when the
2: repeats, you can still laugh hard. So.
0: Yeah, you're right. Okay. First of all, I've had a great time having you on here today, and uh, I'd love to do it again sometime. And, uh, Maybe even we can go for a coffee or sometime. I, I'm up in Sudbury. You're in Toronto. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more. And I do have some ideas. But before I get there, I want—I have one final question. Uh, your all-time team, let's just say this. In this hypothetical world, I'm going to pick a team, but that's irrelevant. You have to pick a team to beat me. Five players and a goalie, hypothetically, they're all in their prime. They're all 27, 28 years old. An all-time team, but you can't pick Gretzky, Lemieux, or Howe, or any Montreal Canadiens. Oh, see, are those on your team? <laughs> no, I'm just because I, I feel that of all the questions I just asked you, the three that I ask every time are superpower, death, Romeo, and all-time team. And and when I was asking that at the beginning, just everybody would have Gretzky and Lemieux, so yeah, it just be redundant. To, yeah, okay. so I take those, and and Montreal has like. You know, so many legends, and then you got Horner. Hor, How, Ho, and or which I think round out most people's top four: Gretzky, Lemieux, How, Or Could nice. could be wrong, but most people throw those guys up there. So I'm taking all of that off the board to make it interesting. The
2: so five players and a goalie.
0: Five players, yeah. Okay, and they, go- you know, centermen don't have to be forwards or forwards. Yeah, but, you know, whatever way they should. they they could, You can could have three centermen.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go Dadzuk. I'm going to go Pavel Bure. Wow. I'm going to go Paul Korea. And, and then I'm going to go Scott Niedermeyer. And I'll go, I'm going to put my car there just to have a recent guy. <laughs> it's more fun doing the old guys, but.
0: Uh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is more fun doing the old guys. And Niedermeyer was so unbelievable, oh, man. Oh, God, he was like great. I couldn't believe that guy. That guy was like, a mastermind,
2: man. Like, <clears throat> he, he could just he could go as slow as he wanted. That's what I loved about him. He, yeah. he never needed to be in a rush. He was always calm under pressure. Knew the next play to he make. So he was so poised. Him yeah. and
0: Kerry Price are the two most poised players. Wayne Redden in his prime. Yeah, these guys just like they just. Yeah, I, I know they. They scream leadership because they're so poised. It's wild, right? Dude, like they crazy. do so much with that and patience. Who are your forwards? Uh, Datsuk, oh, Burre, and Korea. Berre is an example we were talking about, like skating, like his agility and power. You know, sometimes like he would cut, he'd go right to the top of the blue line and then like cut. And just break ankles and go in, and I remember oh, so I, I played with his brother Valerie Bray in Montreal. like we were black aces. oh, yeah, uh, and I played against him in Spokane. Valerie picked the Western Hockey League, if you can believe it, and uh, was a, a, just a graceful player amongst a bunch of like barbarians, man, that was tough <laughs> the Western league in that time. And yeah. Valerie would be like dancing around guys. Yeah. But we went pro, and I mean, i we, I, I remember being in practice. So he would often put weights on his skates. Back then, I mean, again, there wasn't as many spe- – I I had to work on my skating. I went to a place, Vasteras Sweden, every summer um, to work on it. I, I worked with a girl, Laura Stam. There was oh, some remember. obvious things you could do, yeah. but there wasn't as many specialized skill and skating things like there are now. Like there was nobody I recall like yourself that's offering training – Skills. I know things evolved, but I just don't think it was much of a thing then. I might yeah. be able to go to Montreal now and say to Mark Reckey, let's go out and work on, you know, or an ex-player there that worked with the team. Steve Shot was my assistant coach. I mean, he scored 60. It's great. Yeah, he showed me how to shoot. I guess that's a form of that. I just mean it wasn't like public or anything. But so Valerie would be coming up with ideas on his own. So he, he used to clip these weights onto his skates. They were kind of homemade. And he, when we played three-on-three, three, often, he would do it without raising his his skates off the ice at all. Like, we'd go out. Like, that's the way they would bag skate us. At the yeah. end of practice, And often, they would just go three-on-three, three, play for an hour and a half. And you would get a lot out of that. But more oh, so, yeah. to go back and forth, the boards. Like you said, yeah. fun, right? But that was it. And he used to force himself to just do it and just use his edges and not raise his feet. Really? And, like, he did that a lot. And his oh, legs... For a tiny guy, like his quads, like his. Like, he had such a good center of gravity, and I mean, Pavel was the Russian rocket. But anyway, yeah. there was a reason those guys were like that. Is oh what I'm god,
2: yeah, yeah. They, exactly they put
0: in good a good lot good. of fucking time. The
2: training is. I I say to people like, honestly, like if if you put Burry in with his skating ability back then into today's game, he could last. Which which yeah. is which is totally insane to say. I'm I'm talking like same technology, same skill. Yeah. That, then he would be like on par with the speed in today's game and he didn't even have all the training and uh, equipment that we have today which is just just shows you like when he skated through the neutral zone everyone stood up when
0: they yeah, watched
2: he was that um, he, all, that's all he had to do he had that clear separation and then he was doing moves i remember i posted when he did a one-handed backhand toe drag between the legs just because the puck went a weird way so we just yeah. he had the hands and the creativity, the off the skate goal. He he even did the, I found an old clip of him doing the dad suit move in a game before dad suit did it. It wasn't as wow. like pretty and he wasn't on one foot, but he did the fake and pull back. He was wow. so, so creative and, and fast and skilled. Like uh, I wish he never had those, uh, he had those knee issues at the, at the end there. Yeah, I, I know. That.
0: I know. Well, what a player. So, so great to watch. So I didn't play against every player from that era, but a lot. And the. Ninety-six, ninety-seven. I was in Montreal almost the whole year. I didn't, but I went on all the road to the point was that they wanted me to practice with the team. So you'll see four games played, but I didn't stay back. Like I was on every, so I I saw the whole league, right? So, you know, sometimes on the bench, not getting a shift, but I had front row seats to the National Hockey League. So I saw most and the three guys from that era that really, really, that I, I think I can say would be, still great skaters in this era, that there might be more, of course, but the three guys that stood out to me was Bure, obviously. Sergei Fedorov was incredible. Watching him go wheel on the power play, get the puck behind the net and go. Oh, my God. Wait, What a skater, man. And Mike Medano, you could, like, hear when he was skating. Like, he was – I don't know if it was the hollow, the way he – but I'm not kidding you. You you could hear him skate by you. I don't know if it was his skate sharpening or – the, the the method uh, you know, he was a great skater as well, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he was, Medano was so great at skating that I don't think people realize how powerful his stride was. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he looked swift, but he was powerful.
2: Yeah. No, that's wicked. I, I got to play with him uh, a couple of months back in this charity tournament. And uh, I remember <laughs> yeah. my, it sucked. My voice was gone. So I had all these legends around me, Medano being on my team I couldn't even like talk to him. I wanted to say how much I idolized him and just whatever, just, uh, you know, talk to him a yeah. little bit. But I remember in a game in the, it's just a charity game, right? Just having fun. And he just made a pass to me. And in my head, I'm like, Mike Bonanno just passed me the puck. Like this is, this is, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I think that's when it started to click in. I was like, this is nuts. Like this guy I would watch and idolize. He's one of the best American born, uh, players ever. Yeah. And, like just,
0: T- here's another guy. He went to the Western League too, right?
2: Top yeah, era to right. go out
0: there. Um, Prince Albert, I think. Uh, he went first overall. Um, but I tell you that, that's the way, like, <clears throat> that feeling never, I never, that really got lost on me. And I remember my entire first camp going, like, like I couldn't not do that. I'm like, oh my God, that's Mark Recky. He's passing me the puck. He's like, the okay, there's Pierre Turgeon. I'm passing Pierre Turgeon. Like, I never over it people might say they do but especially when you're like 18 or 19 it's such a wild feeling to be out there and you're like oh yeah like I got drafted to this team as well like this is fucked you know like
2: yeah 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 no that's (laughs) crazy and for you 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 gotta
0: like you are so growing up I mean these guys were my heroes do you have brothers or sisters
2: yeah I got two older so uh, one sister oh yeah your brother your
0: memorable game sorry to cut you off go ahead oh you're good
2: yeah one sister two years older than my brothers uh, four years older than me
0: are they into sports?
2: Oh yeah, my brother, athlete of the year in the the high school. We would uh, we would compete all the time in in sports. I would regularly lose, of course, but um, yeah, my sister is big into baseball as well. So yeah, always tons of sports around our family.
0: Well, look, you're an interesting guy. I could go on and on. I've got to go, otherwise, I probably would. Um, I'd love to do this again. Maybe have you back, give your comment, uh, give a comment or two on your opinions of the game. I wanted to get your story kind of chronologically today i like doing that once in a while especially when i have a new guest but i'd love to have you back and maybe we'll meet in person sometime i'll drop you a line and uh like i said i'm in Sudbury quite a bit in toronto so maybe we'll make it happen
2: dude awesome it was, it was a pleasure and you're doing great work on the on the show so it was an honor to honor to talk to you man it was a, it was a good good talk
0: thanks i appreciate it nice choice of jersey today by the way let's go baby oh, that's good i love Season three, you're going to love. We're just winding, winding it down now.
2: Oh, baby, I'm pumped. I watched the second one in one day. so. Uh, oh, beauty. Put, put in some more episodes for me so I can stretch Yeah, oh, it out yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one thing. We want to do some more episodes. Okay, Pavel, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I wish you luck in everything you're doing. And uh, I really enjoy your energy, your positive take on life, your, your attitude when it comes to coaching. And uh, definitely your appreciation for hard work and uh, fun in general. So thanks for doing this.
2: a man. My pleasure. This is awesome. See you, my man. All right. See you, brother.
0: That is Pavel Berber. What an interesting guy. I've wanted to have him on for a while. And um, one thing led to another. It's really hard for me to schedule what I'm up here, as I've, as I've mentioned before. Uh, but. Once in a while, the stars align. I have absolutely nothing to do today on this beautiful Friday in Sudbury. And uh, Pavel, I reached out to him like a long time ago. He shot me back a note. We were playing a bit of phone tag, but finally got him on. And an interesting dude, for sure. And uh, I guess not all, what's the, what's the old saying? Success is in the eyes of the beholder. I'm sure he, like every other hockey player, wanted to play in the NHL. He didn't, but doesn't mean you can't have a career in hockey. And uh, what a career it is for him. So thanks a lot, Pavel. We'll uh, hopefully see you soon. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer and you want to have a bit of fun, you want to tour George Street, these are the places that I would go. I would go to the Bull and Barrel for sure, the best rock and roll bar in the country. I'd go to TJ's Pub. I'd go to the Martini Bar. I'd go to Rob Roy Confusion. I would go to Trinity Pub. And finally, I would definitely stop into Greensleeves for some live music and a bite to eat. And uh, if I was going to get a bite to eat, go out for supper, of course, I could have a bite to eat at Greensleeves, but I'd probably go upstairs if I had a date or something like that. It was a bit formal. And I'd go to the Loose Tie, best kept secret in St. John's. I'd also go to Merchant Tavern. I'd try Blue on Water, and I'd go to Wedgwood Cafe. Wedgwood Cafe's on Elizabeth Avenue. and also does catering. Check it out. Peter Wedgwood, Wedgwood Cafe. If you are looking to change your life, positive changes, strength and balance for the body and mind. Power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. Check out Ryan Power at Power Conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Mr. Lube, two locations in St. John's. One's on Torbay Road. One's on Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief. Pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. Find out what all the fuss is about. And, of course, true hockey, take what's yours, folks. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 182B with the legend himself, Pavel Barber. I'll be back in just a few days with more Tales with TR. Catch you on the rebound.